Hi there and welcome. This is Amanda, the founder of Astrology Hub, and you're listening to our week ahead snapshot with world-class astrologer, historian, and author of the Cosmic Calendar, Christopher Renstrom. This show is designed to give you a quick overview of the week ahead, enabling you the gift of choice in how you navigate and weave these energies into your daily life. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Christopher Renstrom, and I'm your weekly horoscope columnist here on Astrology Hub. And this week, I wanted to talk to you about the Mercury-Pluto opposition taking place on July 18th, followed by the Sun and Pluto opposition taking place on July 19th. Now, oppositions to me are one of the most fascinating aspects that we have in astrology, because an opposition is literally when two or more, actually we're talking about three planets in this case, are opposite each other in the sky. In other words, what that means is that they are as far away from each other as they can possibly be in the sky, and by transit, they are as far away from each other as they can possibly be in the horoscope that we read. So in an opposition, you don't really have a confrontation like you do with a square. Squares can be combative and confrontational and and struggle and fight and, and things like that. That's not what's taking place in an opposition. In an opposition, the planets are sitting opposite each other in the sky, and they are basically, what are they doing? They are staring each other down. They are polarized, just like the South and North Poles are polarized. They are on opposite ends of of the Earth. Uh, They are polarized just like um, our American Congress is polarized, Democrats and Republicans. They see each other, but there is no middle ground. There is no bipartisanship. They are polarized, and they are absolutely opposite one another. And this is what planets do when they are opposite Okay, there's no need to talk to each other. There is no need to harmonize. There's no need to find common ground. They just sort of stay there in the sky, staring at each other. And and they're absorbed in each other. So there's this kind of like magnetic energy. I mean, we all know the phrase opposites attract. So it can be very sort of mesmerizing, especially when you have Pluto involved. Although we know that opposites attract, we don't necessarily know that opposites are going to stay together. Why? Because there needs to be some sort of common ground. So here we have Mercury and the sun, both in the zodiac sign of Cancer, which is uh, associated to the summer here in the Northern Hemisphere. And then they are uh, opposite Pluto, Pluto, which is in the cold and wintry sign of Capricorn. And Capricorn, of course, is associated to the winter solstice here in the Northern Hemisphere. So we have this sort of like uh, warm and folksy and familial and familiar uh, Cancerian energy. And then we have this kind of like cold, remote, austere, unblinking energy of Pluto in Capricorn, and they're just staring at each other. Kind of think of two cats staring at each other through a window. Neither one's going to blink first. So I was trying to think of what would be a really good example of, of this, how, how to interpret it, how, 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 how to think of this approaching aspect for this week. 
And a play came to mind, a favorite play of mine, actually, from drama school. I never acted in it uh, because it's for two actresses. Um, and it's a one-act play. I think it, it's, it's, it's basically maybe runs about maybe 10 to 15 minutes long. But actors being actors, you know, they can make it run longer if they want to with dramatic pauses and, and cryptic innuendos. But anyway, um, this play is called The Stronger. It's called The Stronger, and it was written in the 18... 18- late 1880s or early 1890s by August Strindberg, who was a very famous uh, Swedish playwright. Um, And so he wrote this play called The Stronger, and it's acted by two women. And what's fascinating about this play is, and why actresses love it. Okay, what's fascinating about this play is that one actress will do all the talking, while the other actress, the other actress doesn't say a word. Now, that doesn't mean that she's stoically sort of like staring there, like, uh, you know, like a robot robot or, or something like that. She responds to the actress. And, and this is why it was such a favorite for acting workshops, because it was such a challenge, um, you know, because you think that the harder role is actually the one who's talking, and it is a hard role. But what's equally hard is the one who's not talking, because although she doesn't say a word, she's still acting. Okay, so so the two of them have to give each other energy that goes back and forth in this conversation. In this scene, uh, this one act play, which is called The Stronger by August Strindberg. And so um, in the cast, they're labeled as... Uh, Madame X and Mademoiselle Y. So Madame X, we know because she's a madame, she's married, okay? And Mademoiselle Y, Mademoiselle Y, we know, is not married. She's she's a miss. And so it begins with Mademoiselle Y, who's sitting in a cafe in Sweden on Christmas Eve, and she's sipping a little, uh, a little cup of, of chocolate. Um, and so Madame X is walking by. She's, she's, you know, there's snow on the ground and she's got parcels because it's Christmas Eve. She's been out shopping for the kitties. And she sees um, Mademoiselle Y through the cafe window. She knocks on the window and she's like smiles and waves, you know, to Mademoiselle Y, who is reading her paper while she's drinking her chocolate, who puts down the paper and looks um, expectantly as Madame X enters into the cafe. And so she sits down and she says, Amelia, um, it worries me. Amelia, it worries me. You sitting alone in a cafe like this on Christmas Eve, you know, and she puts her parcels on down, makes herself comfortable and she orders something from the waiter. Um, And she's, you know, it reminds me of the time I saw this bridal party in a Paris restaurant. The bride was sitting alone, reading a comic paper, while the groom, the groom was playing billards with his friends. <laughs> Which leaves us like, okay, where exactly are we going with this? And then she suddenly turns to um, Amelia, Madam X, and she says, I believe you would have done better if you had kept him, Amelia. You know, if you had kept him, your fiancé. Do you remember, Amelia, that I was the first one to say, forgive him? I said to you, forgive him, Amelia. Do you remember that? Then you would have been married. You would have been married, Amelia, and not alone like you are today on Christmas Eve. Home is the best of all, Amelia. Outside of the theater, that is. Home is best of all. And that's when we learned that the two women are 
actresses. Uh, one of them, Madam X, who's doing all the talking, um, is actually a retired actress. She goes on and, and, and describes this. While Amelia, the one who is unmarried and had a fiance that evidently she didn't forgive, is a very famous actress. She's known all around uh, Stockholm and she's known all around Sweden with the touring company. So she's a very, very famous actress. Um, and maybe she's even reading a review or the latest gossip in, in this uh, Swedish newspaper. So Madame X continues. She's like, you know, I've been shopping. I've been shock shopping for my little pigs. And she takes out of uh, her one of the parcels. She's like, here's a doll. This is a doll for Liza. And here, here is a toy gun for Iskel. And she takes out a gun, uh, which is for Iskel. And at that moment, uh, you know, Mademoiselle Y or Amelia, like, you know, is, is a little bit startled. And Madame X looks at it and she's like, oh, did you think that I was going to shoot you? <laughs> this little toy gun. No, my soul, I would never shoot you. Because we both know, Amelia, that if anyone shot someone, I would, be, I would think that it would be you who wanted to shoot me. So we get like an, another little nugget that's going on here, you know, from the conversation, but it's not a conversation. Only one person is talking and the other one, the other one is saying nothing. And here are slippers. She takes out a pair of slippers, S uh, slippers that I've embroidered for my husband with tulips. Do you see the tulips on the slippers? Aren't, aren't, isn't it wonderful embroidery, wonderful handiwork that I've done? Um, I embroidered them myself, these, these tulips on these uh, slippers for my husband, she says, really quite proudly. And then she says, you ought to have a husband, Amelia. You know, he's true to me my husband. He's true to me. I know that because he told me about the affair himself with that hussy, Frederica. She wanted to elope with him. Can you imagine that she wanted to elope with him? <laughs> what an embarrassment. But anyway, he came forward and he told me, that husband of mine, about his affair with Frederica. And so uh, we get another little nugget here um, about something that went on with her husband and Frederica. It was good, Madam X continues. It was good that he spoke of it himself. You know, actresses are always falling in love with him because they think for some reason that he can promote their careers because of his position in the government. And so that sort of like hangs there in the air. I remember when the actress presented it, she just sort of like let that idea sort of hang there in, in the air. In acting, we call it taking a beat. So then Madam X looks at Amelia and she says, you know, when I saw you for the first time, I was afraid of you. So afraid of you, Amelia, that I couldn't even look you in the face. And yet, I always found myself, for some reason, near you, playing your understudy, playing another role in the scene, helping out with props or costumes. For some reason, I found myself near you. And I decided in those moments, as we were close, as we were working together in the theater, I decided I couldn't risk being your enemy. So I decided that I would become 
your friend. Now this, I find to be one of the most fascinating lines in the, in the play. I couldn't risk being your enemy. So I decided instead to become your friend. I find that very mercurial. Okay. Uh, in this kind of like dialogue that reminds me so much of the Mercury Pluto opposition, Pluto, you know, sort of being the silent one. I mean, right. Pluto was, you know, was, was a, was a Greek God that, never really said much of anything and was known as the silent God because he's connected to the underworld and he's connected to, to death and, and the underworld. So, so there's this kind of like presence and, and Amelia in the same way is without a voice. You know, she's, she's a presence here. And so Madam X is saying, I was afraid of you. I found myself around you, Mercury. I found myself around you in different uh, activities and things like this. And I decided that, um, I wouldn't risk being your enemy because obviously there's something very frightening about Amelia. Uh, so I decided to become your friend. And, and so, so I find that very, very fascinating. I want you to hear that. I don't want you to remember that as we go forth. But then she says, but then there was always a discordant note when you came to the house. You and my husband, Amelia, you and my husband were always so tense around each other. I thought I was jealous, perhaps making the whole thing up. I thought I was, I, I was jealous, but I wasn't. I thought I was jealous, but I wasn't, which is why I made him kiss you that day. Do you remember? Just to show you. I made him kiss you that day just to show you. But I knew after that kiss that there was something more. Okay, so it's kind of like, again, we get this other reveal that comes out. Um, but, but Amelia, the silent other, isn't confirming. She isn't denying. She isn't saying anything. But again, the challenge to the actress was, how does she play that? How does she, how does she respond to that? But she doesn't utter a word. Then suddenly, Madam X comes out with, do you know I hate embroidering tulips on his slippers? I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And do you know why, Amelia? The reason I hate embroidering tulips on, on his slippers is because of you. Because I know that you are fond of tulips. I hate, Amelia. I hate that my son's name is Esco. Why do I hate it? I hate it because Esco is your father's name. And that's why, Amelia, that's why I wear your colors. That's why I read your authors. That's why I eat your favorite dishes. And that's why, that's why I'm sitting here drinking chocolate just like you at this cafe. It's fascinating. All of a sudden, this, 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 it gets blurted out, but you think she's going to be accusing, but listen to what she's saying in this accusatory way. She's saying, it's, 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 it's you. That's why I wear your colors. That's why I named my son your father's name. That's why, you know, there are tulips on his slippers because I know that that's your favorite flower. Um, so there's this kind of like, what do we call it? Is it projection? Is it fixation? Is it obsession? You know, that that's going on. So she just blurts this out. And then she says, Madam X, next, she says, everything, everything came from you to me, 
Amelia, everything. And that includes passion. All right. So she says, everything came to you, came, everything came from you. Everything came from you, the person sitting opposite me, this table. Uh, uh, everything came from you, the planet sitting opposite me in the sky. Everything came from you to me, and that includes passion. So she's not mimicking it or trying it on. It's, 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 it's all came from, you know, the, there's this stare, there's this staring down and everything has been transmitted from one planet to another, from one person to another in this, in this staring contest, you know. And then she says, and I find this so like, now we're getting like the sun, uh, July 19th, the sun being opposite Pluto. Okay. Um, I love this. I, I, I underlined this line several times. Then she says, your soul crept into mine. Okay. Madam X says to Amelia, who has not said a word. She says to her, your soul crept into mine like a worm in an apple and it ate and it ate. Your soul crept into mine like a worm in an apple, and it ate and it ate. All right. I sank. I sank to the bottom where you lay like a giant crab, ready to catch hold of me with your claws. I sank to the bottom where you lay, where you lay like a giant crab, ready to catch me in your claws. Okay, so so where's this all going? I mean, you can hear the cancer, the the cancer uh, opposite Pluto and Capricorn energy. You know, this 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 worm. Okay, worms are are Pluto. It's the underworld. You know, it's 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 worms. You know, in, infesting. They lay under the under the earth. You know, and then she sinks to the bottom. She sinks to this underworld where Amelia, the silent one, has lays like a crab, ready to catch her in her claw. And then she says, "How I hate you! I hate you." But you only sit there and keep silent, peacefully indifferent, indifferent as to whether the moon waxes or wanes, indifferent as to whether it is Christmas or New Year's, indifferent, composed as a stork by a mouse hole. Ooh, biting words in 19th century Stockholm. Composed as a stork by a mouse hole. There's like an expectant. She then sort of collects herself, Madame X. You can't make conquests yourself. You can't keep a man's love, but you can steal that love away from others. Poor Amelia, do you know that I really do feel sorry for you? And that affair you had with my husband, it's out of the bag now. And that affair you had with my husband, there it is, she said it. And that affair you had with my husband, I don't care about that. What is it to me? Possibly, all in all at this moment, I really am the stronger. You get nothing from me, but you gave me much. You can hold no man's love with your tulips and your passion. You have no little Eskel to cherish, even if your father was named Eskel. 
And yet you keep silent, she finally says it, silent. And there's silence between the two of them. And Amelia still does not respond. It's a pity you can't learn from them, you know, Amelia. Learn from them, the tulips. It's a pity you can't learn from them to bend. And therefore you will be broken like a dry stock. But I won't be. Thank you, Amelia. She picks up her parcels and uh, leaves some money for the check. Uh, she, she says, thank you, Amelia, for all of your good lessons. Thank you, because you taught me to love my husband. Now I will go home and love him. And she's exits, and that's the end. It's extraordinary. And, and in acting workshop, what, one actress would play one role, one actress would play the other. And of course they would switch. So they would you know, feel what it's like to be in the other one's shoes. But what this says to me about an opposition, particularly in opposition with Pluto, which is a silent opposition. Okay, there's always this feeling of a presence, a lurking presence. But what this says in the opposition, and, and you can hear it, you know, because at first you, you sort of want to say, oh, it's projection. She's projecting onto the other person. But so much more is going on in this script than that. Um, She's, she's obviously come in with a secret or, or something that she knows. Um, it begins friendly, but you know that it's going to head towards a confrontation. We learn um, in their history that actually um, they might have been involved in a love triangle or that Madame X was, was mimicking Mademoiselle Y in her acting career, trying to be like her, um, that maybe the goal was the husband. She says other actresses want him, but Yet she was an actress who retired probably after Frederica, that hussy, uh, tried to elope with him. Now she's a full-time housewife. You know, she's left the stage to keep her husband. And she's going to have this conversation with, with, the, silent, with the silent opponent who is also the silent partner. Okay. And all of this stuff comes out, but it's more than just all this stuff comes out. She then begins to rebuild herself. You know, she takes resolve. She comes out with the fact that she studied Amelia, wanted to be like Amelia. Perhaps she wasn't even in love with her husband. And she even took that passion from Amelia. Okay. Um, and so she rebuilds and she puts her life back together and she's going to return home and she's going to love her husband. And she says this in a moment of triumph, but yet, but yet the title of the play is The Stronger. And of course, and of course you can't help wondering which of the two is the stronger? Was it the one who's gone through this kind of like catharsis, this, 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 this confession, you know, and is now said, I'm married and I've got a family on Christmas Eve and you don't, you know, and I'm going home to them. Is she the stronger or is the stronger the one that we don't know? We don't know Amelia at all. She hasn't said a word throughout this entire scene. We know what Madame X thinks of her, but we don't know Amelia at all. We, we, we know what Madame X thinks of her, and we know of Madame X's life. 
you know, and what's fascinating about this Strindberg and, and Strindberg so brilliant with this, what's fascinating about it is that we know Madame X's life and the way she thinks it is, but we also, we also have gotten a glimpse of the subtext. We're hearing things come out of Madame X's uh, mouth, which really pertain perhaps more to Madame X than they do to the silent Amelia. And this is what I want you to, to think about this week, you know, when you feel this opposition take place, which side of the two are you on? Are you the Pluto and Capricorn, you know, the silent one, or are you the sun and the Mercury in Cancer forming the opposition? Who is the stronger of the two, you know, not in combat, but in this exchange? Who's the one who carries the authority or the moral authority or who is in the right and who and who maybe perhaps isn't or or um, is struggling to find the reasons, you know, who, who, is, who is speaking out, who is saying these things. So who is the stronger in this position in your life? And also, and also what I would say is listen to what you say to others this week. Okay, the opposition, just don't limit it to those two days, the 18th and 19th. Listen, listen to what you say to others this week, because perhaps the person, the person who really needs to hear it is you. Are you looking for personalized guidance? Do you have questions about what you're meant to do and be in this lifetime? What you need in intimate relationships to really thrive? Or what major themes you'll be working with in the months to come? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you'll want to check out our personalized character and destiny and year ahead reports. These reports are perfect for you if you want professional insight into your astrology chart or year ahead. Written by internationally renowned astrologer, Adrian Ross Duncan. Your character and destiny report provides deep insight into who you are and what you came here to do, your biggest strengths and challenges, and how your astrological design impacts your career and relationships. The Essential Year Ahead Report gives you insights into the major themes you'll be exploring in your career, your love life, personal development, and much more. For only $37, you can get your personalized astrology report delivered straight to your inbox within minutes. Just go to astrologyhub.com slash reports to get yours today. That's astrologyhub.com slash reports. Hi there. I'm Amy Escobar, a producer of the Horoscope Highlight Show with Christopher Renstrom. Thanks for tuning in to the Astrology Hub Podcast Network. If you love the show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share it. And if you don't know how to do that, here's how you can leave a review in Apple Podcasts on iPhone. Make sure you're on the landing page for the Astrology Hub Podcast and not an individual episode. Scroll down to the bottom until you reach Ratings and Reviews. Click one of the five stars under Tap to Rate to leave a rating. And under the most recent review, tap the write a review button. And if you're on another device, just find out how to leave a review on whatever podcast player you use. Then share what you love about the show or how it helps you navigate your life. We'd love to hear your stories. And by doing this, you make it possible to make shows like Horoscope Highlights happen every week. Thank you again for tuning in. 
for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.